0: Let's get to cons and cons and look at not just NC State basketball, but all of the ACC teams in the state of North Carolina.
1: Play play great defense, you need one thing above all else. That starts with a W.
0: Confidence. Cons and cons. What are you confident in? What are you concerned about when it comes to the ACC basketball teams in this state? Um, As always, when we do cons and cons for the ACC, we work backwards on the podium, starting with off the podium, Duke. They lost a couple. Yeah. So uh, so they were off the podium in our inaugural basketball podium. Thus, they go first. Uh, confidence and concerns. Good news, bad news. Which do you want first? Give me the bad news. Dennis, what are you concerned about when it comes to Duke? My concern is defending the rim. Mm.
1: Post-defense. That's the thing. They miss Derek Lively. They, they miss- need that rim protector, and they don't have one.
0: I, I talked about this right after their, their most recent loss. I think it's a miscalculation on the coaching staff, hmm. right? If Duke doesn't have a seven-footer that can protect the rim, that's probably because they didn't recruit or they they elected not to chase after a transfer portal guy that's seven-foot and can protect the rim, right? Uh, that they, They've proven in the past they can recruit pretty well with this coaching staff. Um, so the fact that they don't have a true rim-protecting big feels like a choice, right? Like they thought they were going to be okay without it rather than... You know, hey, we we tried, and like, I'm I'm trying to. If UMES doesn't have a rim protecting big, mm-hmm. since we were just talking about Maryland Eastern Shore, they probably got turned down by a whole bunch of rim protecting bigs. Uh, I think Duke could have gotten one if they wanted to. They didn't think they needed it, and it's proving to be a, a, a hole. I'm wondering if sophomore Christian Reeves, who we've seen get some
1: minutes early in the season, is maybe going to develop and maybe get some more minutes
0: as the season progresses just to be like hey go in there protect the rim there's there's that or i'd be interested if they try to beat it with like try to de- defeat that deficiency with tempo yeah right if, if you're gonna have run yeah just <laughs> run because if you're not gonna have that that big plotter on the court make it so the other team can't have the big plotter on the court right run them run them out of the gym uh, that's one way to do it, right? You saw that with the, the Warriors for years. They were like, our center is going to be 6'6", six, six, and and we're not going to have another big out there. And somehow it's still going to be dubbed the lineup of death because they're just going to run, run you off the court. Uh, they couldn't do it all game because that would be ridiculous, but you can try it at times, and, and maybe that's the way to go about it. Uh, my concern is youth. Mm. I had this realization about them also. Everybody in their rotation other than uh, – ryan young who's a a transfer and they don't depend on him a ton particularly offensively and jeremy roach is a a freshman or a sophomore that's young freshmen and sophomores are young uh you know i made the mistake coming into the, the year of almost treating filipowski proctor and and mitchell as vets they're really just sophomores um Especially someone like Proctor, who, like, his high school class, the, his original class, are the freshmen this year. He, yeah, he reclassified up to be a freshman in what should have been his senior year of high school last season. Mm-hmm. So they're still a very, very young team. And, you know, I, maybe I'm a, an old guy longing for the old days, but I remember when, you know, in college basketball, you wanted your guards to be juniors and seniors, right? You could deal with one young big, but you wanted vets. They just don't have it. So I'm a little concerned about the the youth of Duke, especially in comparison to kind of the team we thought we were going to get because it seemed like they were vets even when they weren't. Uh, what's your confidence?
1: That those young guys are going to get older. Yeah, there you go. That's, Best that, thing about freshmen, the thing. they become sophomores. Well, it's not like just the sophomores are just going to mature as well. And I think having played tough games early in the season against schools like Arizona, against schools like Arkansas – I think that's going to benefit, and we'll get into Carolina, a bit. playing these tough games early in the season,
0: it's going to help you show your flaws so you know what to work on. My confidence is Jeremy Roach, okay, a.k.a. The, the only guy. vet. The old guy. <laughs> My concern is youth. My confidence is the old guy. Um, and here's why. If you look at, I mean, the two patron saints, the two... Uh, best examples of being able to win with an overly youthful roster, being the the Anthony Davis Kentucky team and the Jaleel Okafor Duke team, right? The the two teams that were built almost exclusively on freshmen that won titles. They both had the one veteran point guard for the bas- uh, for the Kentucky team. It was Miles Darius Miles for the the maybe not Darius Miles. It was Miles, um, and and for Duke it was Quinn Cook. Right? You had the one veteran, enter Jeremy Roach. That's what I need him to do uh, if Duke is going to have the success that, that, uh, that uh, many looked for when they were the number two team in the country. Uh, the bronze medalist this week was NC State. Let's get to their confidence and concerns. For those of you watching on... WRAL sports fan <laughs> video stream. We just ran through every logo possible over my shoulder. Yep. Uh, at one point, the canes were up there. Yep. <laughs> the, the, the red and black threw me off. All right. Uh, good news, bad news. Good news, bad news. Start with the bad. What's your concern for the uh, the Wolfpack? Chemistry.
1: Mm-hmm. Chemistry. It's just taken a little bit to kind of put things together right now, and I think because of that is they're still missing one of their top transfers that was supposed to come in in, in MJ Rice. So, to me, right now, it's chemistry and just figuring things out in terms of what guys' roles are and finding a consistency within those roles. So, it's taking a little bit of time.
0: My concern is digging too big of a hole early in the season. Mm. I, I've i said this from the very beginning. They're going to be a different team two and a half months from now oh, yeah. than they are right now. But, right, the, the – you're already starting to fill up your resume of, like, you know, bad losses and those sorts. Like, I don't love the BYU loss. The Ole Miss loss m- could be okay. Uh, but it's – it's Those are really old teams, by true. the way. True, which is why they're, they're not going to be as different now than they are two and a half months from now. They kind of are what they are in a lot of ways. NC State's going to be a very different team. But, you know, you don't want to pick up too many – Oh, we're better than that losses early in the year because then no matter how good you are late in the the, the run, you know, the committees and the seeders and the rankers are still going to go, well, you know, you do have those five losses that uh, they don't look good. So just digging too big a hole early before they, they click and hit their stride. Uh, for confidence, I'll go first for NC State confidence. Okay. Uh, Casey Morcell. All right. When you, when you watch the games, you know, even the games he doesn't shoot it particularly awesome. There's still just an element of he gets it right. He's he's trying to get his teammates involved. He's he's efficient. He's calm. I, I just you know when I watch the 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 game, I find myself going, get the ball to him more. Even when he's bringing up the court, I'm like, all right, good, a good. Uh, this is gonna be a good possession. He's gonna he's gonna you know run the offense well. So I'm, I'm a fan of Casey Morcel for the for the NC State Wolfpack. What do you have for your confidence in the Wolfpack?
1: I think my confidence is the fact that it is going to be different in two and a half months. And I think they're actually gonna turn this thing around probably quicker than that. My guess is we're going to see this team really start to peak when they get like these these tune up games, like you see tonight mm-hmm. against Maryland Eastern Shore. I think that's when you start to get the confidence going and the swagger and all that kind of stuff really starting to flow. And then insert MJ Rice into that as like basically like a mid season acquisition where you don't have to give up anything, like a mid season trade. It's only going to enhance their lineup. So I think to me, they're going to turn this thing around quickly. And like you said, this team's going to be a lot different in two and a half months. And I think there's some guys out there that can really shoot. Like yeah. Casey Morsell. There's some guys out there that
0: can really shoot on that team. It's it's one of those – it's like you know they can shoot. Mm-hmm. Occasionally, they need to look like it. You know what I mean? Uh, particularly in in the uh, Ole Miss loss. They went – was it three for 25 from three? Yeah. It's like I know you all can shoot, but three for 25 is – it's like you are what your record says you are. You are what your your stats say you are. Yeah. That day, they couldn't. That was just a bad day. So, yeah, a little bit more consistency might might be the thing there. Um, let's go ahead and jump to Wake Forest. Wake, we haven't talked much about Wake this year. A uh, little up and down. Um, they're this high on the, the podium because podium is a week-to-week endeavor, mm-hmm. right? So this past week, they they beat Charleston Southern and beat Florida, both at home. They do have three losses already on the year, and they're three, uh, four and three on the year. So they lost to George on the road, lost to Utah, uh, and then lost to LSU. So there's there's up and downs. Uh, just kind of set the, the base here. Uh, we'll start with concerns. What's your concern when it comes to the, the Wake Forest Demon Deacon? This is my concern
1: kind of as a whole in college basketball when it comes to teams that really build a lot through the transfer portal like we've seen Steve Forbes do. It's a lack of consistency, mm. and I think we're, we're going to see this a lot early in the season with teams that go a lot into the transfer portal, like we're seeing right now with NC State. Takes a little bit of time for the chemistry and everyone to kind of figure out the role because where they came from, the role was different than what they're playing here. It's a different system. The role they might want to have might be different than what they're actually doing. Now the losses that you had, like you can mention to Georgia, to Utah, to LSU, who are pretty good programs, yep. were close losses. So it's not like they're getting blown out. They lost, but to three at Athens against Georgia. They lost to by six against LSU. That was a neutral site game. They lost by seven to uh, to Utah. Now the game was also down in Charleston as well, so it's not like they're getting blown out. So they are pretty close, like they're right there, and that—that'll
0: get into my confidence here in a bit. was—you were—you were about to stumble into my confidence. I, yeah. Uh, my concern is depth, because mm-hmm. there are like it, it was tough for me because I'm going like, wait, they lost three games? Why? Like I—I like the way Salas was playing. I like the way Carr was playing. I like the, the—they have four guys. Averaging at least 16 points per game, you'd think like, wow, they must be lighting it up, they must be scoring 100 points a game. No one else is averaging more than three, so they have this this very big gap between their their four guys that are kind of studs, and they funnel most of the the shots through them, and then everybody else, right? So uh, the depth of it, right? If if one of those four guys is having a rough day, it's like a well, there goes a fourth of your scoring. And, and, and that's not the way you want it. You, you know, you want a more dramatic or uh, gradual, all right, well, this guy averages 18, this guy 16, this guy 14, this guy 12, this guy 10, 8. And that way there's, there's you know, one has a tough day, everyone else can pick up the slack. Uh, you don't want to be turned into the guy that averages, you know, 2.6 points per game and going, hey, we need you to score 12 today or else we're going to be in trouble because so-and-so sprained his ankle. Mm-hmm. That's, that's a, a depth issue. So, uh, concerned about the depth. I'm going to jump into confidence because I have a feeling we're going to say the same thing. Okay. Uh, Efton Reed is back. Yeah. Well. The big guys, I, I think. I'm a big Andrew Carr fan. I, going back to his days at the University of Delaware when I, when I was really excited about what future he might hold for my blue hens. Mm-hmm. Uh, then he hit the portal, he went to Wake Forest, and it was like, okay, fine, I'll still root for you. Uh, but he's 6'9", and, and just yesterday... They got new news from the NCAA that Efton Reed, a transfer, uh, his waiver was granted, and he's eligible immediately.
1: Transfer him from Gonzaga.
0: Gonzaga, and I believe he spent time at LSU before yes, that, so he he's did. a two-time transfer. He's a uh, seven-footer. He is a seven-footer, which gives them two seven-footers. Marsh doesn't play a ton, but they got some size there, uh, and and when you pair that with some of the the scoring they have on the perimeter, uh, that's that's uh, you know they're becoming a, a more full team, and and. That's my confidence. That actually kind of leads into mind a little bit
1: as well is the fact that you have Reed coming in, eligible to play. We'll see how how long it takes for him to get into, mm-hmm. into form. But the fact that they do have a couple of seven-footers can really challenge teams like UNC that all right, there's big cotton inside. You see Washington get a few minutes here and there, but we'll see how Washington develops over the course of the season. Diara is really the only true big guy, like post guy. I know there's... I say post guy, it means center, I guess you could say, because DJ Burns is what, 6'8", six 6'9"? Six mm-hmm. You have a couple seven-footers, can really help contest against those guys. And we also talked earlier about the, the lack of guys in the post for Duke. So they might be able to attack the other teams here in the state of North
0: Carolina in the post. And And like I said with Marsh, even if he doesn't play a lot, he's five more fouls. Exactly. <laughs> if you got a seven footer, that's five more fells. That that, mm-hmm. that can help a lot. Uh, so so, Efton Reed coming back, I think helps helps their depth a ton. Uh, let's get to the top team on the podium. That of course being the University of North Carolina Tar Heels. The the podium was set prior to last night. Although I'm not sure we would have knocked them a ton for losing to the number four or five team in the country, depending on what poll you look at. Yeah, U- UConn. A
1: really really good UConn team.
0: Um. I'll start with my concern. Actually, you go first. Do both because I need to say my confidence and concern in that order. They kind of pair together. Okay, I'm going to go this one based off of last night. One
1: thing I saw from, from UNC was their off-ball defense. Mm. I thought UConn was able to use off-ball screens and off-ball cuts really well to create a lot of open shots. So I think their off-ball defense is actually probably what was the most concerning thing to me was that, was their off-ball defense. My confidence, Harrison Ingram. And his versatility that he brings. Because he's a, a, a stretch four that can go down on the post and rebound. And he's got a lot of jump to him. But that guy can step outside the three-point line and really stretch the floor as well. So that's my confidence for UNC. What's your concern? I could just say.
0: Oh. Sorry. I forgot I told you to do both.
1: Yeah. Here we go. I'm like, Wait a second.
0: My confidence is Armando Baycott, R.J. Davis, and Harrison Ingram. Okay. My concern is everyone else. Okay. Uh, those three guys – are wildly comforting when they have the ball in their hands. Mm-hmm. The others, it's a roller coaster. It's it's it, you're not sure, and that's not to say I don't think they're talented. I think, uh, uh, obviously, Cormac Ryan came in with a specific role. He's kind of struggling to find his footing from three. Uh, Elliot Cadet, like Washington. They they have some players. I'm never super comfortable unless the three vets have have the the ball. And obviously that is leading up to the the UConn game and including the UConn game if we're going to use that in, in this this confidence or concerns. Uh, matter of fact, I want to hear from Armando Baycott who talked about how they could use that UConn game almost as a measuring stick for their program. Uh, he said this after the game. Again, it was an 11-point loss to the UConn Huskies last night as part of the Jimmy V Classic. And if you can't catch it, I am stalling. I'm getting the hold on one finger from, from Dennis. So this game took place... Uh, you know, the evening prior to tonight, it, it was involving UNC and UConn. And this is Armando Baycott after the game. Yeah, I mean, we just know we got to come with a different approach. I mean, like I said, I thought we played hard today, but I mean, just the little stuff like boxing out and doing those things. When you're playing great teams like that, you can't afford to let that happen. It is a measuring stick game. And I, I talked about this earlier. I think the biggest difference was the depth. I think the biggest difference was the depth, right? UConn was was handling some, some foul trouble. UConn had different guys stepping up at different times, and it felt like for UNC, if it wasn't Baycott and it wasn't Ingram and Ingram was up and down and it wasn't R.J. Davis who really got going there for a tear, then the rest were just kind of waiting around for Baycott, Ingram, and Davis. Uh, and, and that, I believe, proved to be the difference. So my concern is everybody else. They're talented, but I'm nitpicking here. When you're a top 10 team in the country, I kind of expect a little bit more. And I think that's fair. Just like we, we did for Duke, although I'm not sure they are even a top 25 team at the moment. They are in the rankings, but I'm, I'm talking deservedly.